Chapter 13, verses 22 through 35. Of Catina Aria, Gospel of St. Luke, Part 2, by St. Thomas Aquinas. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Verses 22 through 30. And he went through the cities and villages, teaching and journeying towards Jerusalem. Then said one unto him, Lord, are there few that be saved? And he said unto them, Strive to enter in at the straight gate. For many, I say unto you, will seek to enter in, and shall not be able. When once the master of the house is risen up, and hath shut to the door, and ye begin to stand without, and to knock at the door, saying, Lord, Lord, open unto us, and he shall answer, and say unto you, I know you not whence ye are. Then shall ye begin to say, We have eaten and drunken in thy presence, and thou hast taught in our streets. But he shall say, I tell you, I know you not whence ye are. Depart from me, all ye workers of iniquity. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth, when ye shall see Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, and all the prophets in the kingdom of God, and you yourselves thrust out. And they shall come from the east and from the west, and from the north and from the south, and shall sit down in the kingdom of God. And behold, there are last which shall be first, and there are first which shall be last. Gloss, having spoken in parables concerning the increase of the teaching of the gospel, he everywhere endeavors to spread it by preaching. Hence it is said, and he went through the cities and villages. Theophylact, for he did not visit the small places only, as they do who wish to deceive the simple, nor the cities only, as they who are fond of show, and seek their own glory. But as their common Lord and Father, providing for all, he went about everywhere. Nor again did he visit the country towns only, avoiding Jerusalem, as if he feared the cavils of the lawyers or death which might follow therefrom. And hence he adds, in journeying towards Jerusalem, For where there were many sick, there the physician chiefly showed himself. It follows, Then said one unto him, Lord, are there few that be saved? Gloss, this question seems to have reference to what had gone before, for in the parable which was given above, he had said that the birds of the air rested on its branches, by which it might be supposed that there would be many who would obtain the rest of salvation. And because one had asked the question for all, the Lord does not answer him individually, as it follows, and he said unto them, Strive to enter in at the straight gate. Basil, for as in earthly life the departure from right is exceeding broad, so he who goes out of the path which leads to the kingdom of heaven finds himself in a vast extent of error. But the right way is narrow, the slightest turning aside being full of danger, whether to the right or to the left, as on a bridge where he who slips on either side is thrown into the river. Cyril, the narrow gate also represents the toils and sufferings of the saints. For as a victory in battle bears witness to the strength of the soldiers, so a courageous endurance of laborers and temptations will make a man strong. Chrysostom, what then is that which our Lord sells elsewhere? My yoke is easy and my burden is light. There is indeed no contradiction, but the one was said because of the nature of temptations, the other with respect to the feeling of those who overcame them. For whatever is troublesome to our nature may be considered easy when we undertake it heartily. 
Besides also, though the way of salvation is narrow at its entrance, yet through it we come into a large space. But on the contrary, the broad way leadeth to destruction. Gregory. Now when he was about to speak of the entrance of the narrow gate, he said first, Strive. For unless the mind struggles manfully, the wave of the world is not overcome, by which the soul is ever thrown back again into the deep. Cyril. Now our Lord does not seem to satisfy him who asked whether there are few that be saved, when he declares the way by which man may become righteous. But it must be observed that it was our Savior's custom to answer those who asked him, not according as they might judge right, as often as they put to him useless questions, but with regard to what might be profitable to his hearers. And what advantage would it have been to his hearers to know whether there should be many or few who would be saved? But it was more necessary to know the way by which man may come to salvation. Purposely, then, he says nothing in answer to the idle question, but turns his discourse to a more important subject. Augustine, or else our Lord confirmed the words he heard. That is, by saying that there are few who are saved, for few enter by the straight gate. But in another place he says this very thing, Narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few are there who enter into it. Therefore he adds, For many I say unto you shall seek to enter. Bede, urged thereunto by their love of safety, yet shall not be able, frightened by the roughness of the road. Basil, for the soul wavers to and fro, at one time choosing virtue, when it considers eternity, at another preferring pleasures, when it looks to the present. Here it beholds ease, or the delights of the flesh, there its subjection or captive bondage, here drunkenness, there sobriety, here wanton mirth, there overflowing of tears, here dancing, there praying, here the sound of the pipe, there weeping, here lust, there chastity, Augustine, now our Lord in no wise contradicts himself when he says that there are few who enter in at the straight gate, and elsewhere many shall come from the east and from the west. For there are few in comparison with those who are lost, many when united with the angels. Scarcely do they seem a grain when the threshing floor is swept, but so great a mass will come forth from this floor that it will fill the granary of heaven. Cyril, but that they who cannot enter are regarded with wrath, he has shown by an obvious example as follows. When once the master of the house has risen up, etc., as if when the master of the house, who has called many to the banquet, has entered in with his guests and shut to the door, then shall come afterwards men knocking. Bede, the master of the house is Christ, who since as very God he is everywhere, is already said to be within those whom, though he is in heaven, he gladdens with his visible presence, but is, as it were, without to those whom, while contending in this pilgrimage, he helps in secret. But he will enter in when he shall bring the whole church to the contemplation of himself. He will shut the door when he shall take away from the retrobate all room for repentance, who, standing without, will knock, that is, separated from the righteous, will in vain employ that mercy which they have despised. Therefore it follows, and he will answer and say to you, I know you not whence ye are. Gregory, for God, 
not to know is for him to reject, as also a man who speaks the truth is said not to know how to lie, for he disdains to sin by telling a lie, not that if he wished to lie he knew not how, but that from love of truth he scorns to speak what is false. Therefore the light of truth knows not the darkness which it condemns. It follows, Then shall ye begin to say, We have eaten and drunk in thy presence, etc. Cyril. This refers to the Israelites who, according to the practice of their law, when offering victims to God, eat and are merry. They heard also in the synagogues the books of Moses, who in his writings delivered not his own words, but the words of God. Theophylact. Or it is said of the Israelites, simply because Christ was born of them according to the flesh, and they ate and drank with him and heard him preaching. But these things also apply to Christians, for we eat the body of Christ and drink his blood, as often as we approach the mystic table, and he teaches in the streets of our souls, which are open to receive him. Bede. Or mystically he eats and drinks in the Lord's presence, who eagerly receives the food of the word. Hence it is added for explanation, Thou hast taught in our streets. For scripture, in its more obscure places, is food, since by being expounded, it is, as it were, broken and swallowed. In the clearer places, it is drink, where it is taken down just as it is found. But at the feast, the banquet does not delight him whom the piety of faith commends not. The knowledge of the scriptures does not make him known to God, whom the iniquity of his works proves to be unworthy, as it follows, and he will say unto you, I know not whence ye are. Depart from me. Basil. He perhaps speaks to those whom the apostle describes in his own person, saying, If I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, and have all knowledge, and give all my goods to feed the poor, but have not charity, it profit me nothing. For whatever is done not from regard to the love of God, but to gain praise from men, obtains no praise from God. Theophylact, observe also that they are objects of wrath in whose streets the Lord teaches. If then we have heard him teaching not in the streets, but in poor and lowly hearts, we shall not be regarded with wrath. Bede, but the twofold punishment of hell is here described, that is, the feeling cold and heat. For weeping is wont to be excited by heat, gnashing of teeth by cold or gnashing of teeth betrays the feeling of indignation, that he who repents too late is too late angry with himself. Gloss. Or the teeth will gnash, which are here delighted in eating. The eyes will weep, which here wandered with desire. Baiichi represents the real resurrection of the wicked. Theophylact. This also refers to the Israelites with whom he was speaking, who received from this their severest blow, that the Gentiles have rest with the fathers, while they themselves are shut out. Hence he adds, When you shall see Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of God, etc. Eusebius, for the fathers above mentioned, before the times of the law, forsaking the sins of many gods, to follow the gospel way, received the knowledge of the Most High God, to whom many of the Gentiles were confirmed through a similar manner of life but their children suffered estrangement from the gospel rules. And herein it follows, And behold, they are last which shall be first, and they are first which shall be last. Cyril, 
For to the Jews who held the first place have the Gentiles been preferred. Theophylact. But we, as it seems, are the first to have received from our very cradles the rudiments of Christian teaching, and perhaps shall be last in respect of the heathens who have believed at the end of life. Bede. Many also, at first burning with zeal, afterwards grow cold. Many at first cold, on a sudden become warm. Many despised in this world will be glorified in the world to come. Others renowned among men will in the end be condemned. Verses 31 through 35. The same day there came certain of the Pharisees, saying unto him, Get ye out, and depart hence, for Herod will kill thee. And he said unto them, Go ye and tell that fox, Behold, I cast out devils, and I do cures today and tomorrow, and the third day I shall be perfected. Nevertheless, I must walk today and tomorrow, and the day following, for it cannot be that a prophet perish out of Jerusalem. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, which killest the prophets, and stonest them that are sent unto thee, how often would I have gathered thy children together, as a hen doth gather her brood under her wings, and ye would not. Behold, your house is left unto you desolate. And verily I say unto you, ye shall not see me until the time come, when ye shall say, Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Cyril, the preceding words of our Lord roused the Pharisees to anger, for they perceived that the people were now smitten in their hearts and eagerly receiving his faith. For fear then of losing their office as rulers of the people and lacking their gains, with pretended love for him, they persuade him to depart from thence. As it is said, the same day there came certain of the Pharisees, saying unto him, Get ye out and depart hence, for Herod will kill thee. But Christ, who searcheth the hearts and reigns, answers them meekly and under figure. Hence it follows, and he said unto them, Go ye and tell that fox. Bede. Because of his wiles and stratagems, he calls Herod a fox, which is an animal full of craft, concealing itself in a ditch because of snares, having a noisome smell, never walking in straight paths, all which things belong to heretics, of whom Herod is a type, who endeavors to destroy Christ, that is, the humility of the Christian faith, in the hearts of believers. Cyril, or else the discourse seems to change here, and not to refer so much to the character of Herod as some think, as to the lies of the Pharisees. For he almost represents the Pharisees themselves to be standing near, when he said, Go tell this fox, as it is in the Greek. Therefore he commanded them to say that which might rouse the multitude of the Pharisees. Behold, said he, I cast out devils, and I do cures today and tomorrow, and on the third day I shall be perfected. He promises to do what was displeasing to the Jews, namely to command the evil spirits and deliver the sick from disease, until in his own person he should undergo the suffering of the cross. But because the Pharisees thought that he who was the Lord of hosts feared the hand of Herod, he refutes this, saying, Nevertheless, I must walk today and tomorrow, and the day following. When he says must, he by no means implies a necessity imposed upon him, but rather that he walked where he liked according to the inclination of his will, until he should come to the end of the dreadful cross. 
the time of which Christ shows to be now drawing near, when he says, Today and tomorrow, Theophylact, as if he says, What think ye of my death? Behold, a little while, and it will come to pass. But by the words, Today and tomorrow, are signified many days, as we also are wont to say in common conversation. Today and tomorrow such a thing takes place. Not that it happens in the interval of time. And to explain more clearly the words of the gospel, you must not understand them to be, I must walk today and tomorrow, but place a stop after today and tomorrow, then add, and walk on the day following. As frequently in reckoning, we are accustomed to say, the Lord's day and the day after, and on the third I will go out, as if by reckoning two to denote the third. So also our Lord speaks as if calculating, I must so do today and so tomorrow, and then afterward on the third day I must go to Jerusalem. Augustine, where these things are understood to have been spoken mystically by him, so as to refer to his body, which is the church. For devils are cast out when the Gentiles, having forsaken their superstition, believe in him, and cures are perfected when, according to his commands, after having renounced the devil and this world until the end of the resurrection, by which, as it were, the third day will be completed. The church shall be perfected in angelic fullness by the immortality also of the body. Theophylact, but because they said unto him, Depart from hence, for Herod seeks to kill thee. Speaking in Galilee, where Herod reigns, he shows that not in Galilee, but in Jerusalem it had been foreordained that he should suffer. Hence it follows, For it cannot be that a prophet shall perish out of Jerusalem. When thou hearest, it cannot be, or it is not fitting, that a prophet should perish out of Jerusalem. Think not that any violent constraint was opposed upon the Jews. But he says this seasonably with reference to their eager desire after blood. Just as if any one, seeing a most savage robber, should say, The road on which this robber lurks cannot be without bloodshed to travelers. So also, nowhere else but in the abode of robbers must the Lord of the prophets perish. For accustomed to the blood of his prophets, they will also kill the Lord. As it follows, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, which killest the prophets. Bede, in calling upon Jerusalem, he addresses not the stones and buildings of the city, but the dwellers therein, and he weeps over it with the affection of a father. Chrysostom, for the twice-repeated word betokens compassion or very great love. For the Lord speaks, as if we may say it, as a lover would to his mistress who despised him, and was therefore about to be punished. Greek Expositor. But the repetition of the name also shows the rebuke to be severe. For she who knew God, how does she persecute God's ministers? Cyril. Now that they were unmindful of the divine blessings, he proves as follows. How often would I have gathered thy children together, as a hen doth gather her brood under her wings, and ye would not. He led them by the hand of Moses out of all wisdom. He warns them by his prophets. He wished to have them under his wings, i.e., under the shelter of his power. But they deprived themselves of these choice blessings through their ingratitude. Augustine, as many as I gathered together, it was done by my all-prevailing will, yet thy unwillingness, for thou wert ever ungrateful. Bede, now he who aptly had called Herod a fox, 
who is plotting his death, compares himself to a bird, or foxes are ever lying in wait for birds. Basil, he compared also the sons of Jerusalem to birds in the net, as if he said, birds who are used to fly in the air are caught by the treacherous devices of the catchers. But thou shalt be as a chicken in want of another's protection. When thy mother then has fled away, thou art taken from thy nest, as too weak to defend thyself, too feeble to fly. As it follows, behold, your house is left unto you desolate. Bede, the city itself, which he had called the nest, he now calls the house of the Jews. For when our Lord was slain, the Romans came, and plundering it as a deserted nest, took away both their place and nation and kingdom. Theophylact, or your house that is temple, as if he says, as long as there was virtue in you, it was my temple. But after that, you had made it a den of thieves. It was no more my house but yours. Or by house he meant the whole Jewish nation, according to the psalm, O house of Jacob, bless ye the Lord, by which he shows that it was he himself who governed them, and took them out of the hand of their enemies. It follows, and verily I say unto you, etc. Augustine, there seems nothing opposed to St. Luke's narrative, in what the multitudes said when our Lord came to Jerusalem. Blessed is he who cometh in the name of the Lord, for he had not yet come thither, nor had this yet been spoken. Cyril, for our Lord had departed from Jerusalem, as it were, abandoning those who were unworthy of his presence, and afterwards returned to Jerusalem, having performed many miracles, when that crowd meets him, saying, Hosanna to the Son of David, blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Augustine, but as Luke does not say to what place our Lord went from thence, so that he should not come except at that time, for when this was spoken, he was journeying onward until he should come to Jerusalem. He means, therefore, to refer to that coming of his when he shall appear in glory. Theophylact. For then also will they unwillingly confess him to be their Savior and Lord, when there shall be no departure hence. But in saying, Ye shall not see me until he shall come, etc., does not signify that present hour but the time of his cross, as if he says, When ye have crucified me, ye shall no more see me until I come again. Augustine. Luke must be understood, then, as wishing to anticipate here, before his narrative brought our Lord to Jerusalem, or to make him, when approaching the same city, give an answer to those who told him to beware of Herod, like to that which Matthew says he gave when he had already reached Jerusalem. Bede. Ye shall not see, that is, unless ye have worked repentance, and confessed me to be the Son of the Father Almighty. Ye shall not see my face at the second coming. End of chapter 13